Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Froth here with the Fod Eater Podcast. It is Sunday morning, and I'm doing a podcast, so that is a good thing because that means that I actually got to run my Night Below campaign last night. Um, we've been off for the last couple of weeks. And my wife's birthday one weekend, and then last weekend, uh, Went to a concert, probably some, I guess, sliver of my listeners uh, has heard of Bauhaus, the late 70s, early 80s, kind of post-punk band. Uh, A couple of members of that band, uh, Peter Murphy and David Jay, were on tour and playing their first album in its entirety and went to that. It was great, so. But uh, as as some of you have probably experienced if you've been off for a couple of weeks from your game, you're getting that good sense of anticipation getting closer to it. So, um, it was good to play. If it's your first time listening to my Sunday cast, I'm basically just talking about my night below game, the, uh, massive box set from the two E era. I run a kind of homebrewed mashup of, uh, first edition and uh, BX. I basically use the player options and the uh, you know whatever out of the first edition DMG that I that I feel like using. Um, but I really simplify the combat and everything. I don't use segments and any of that that kind of stuff, and just use the simplified BX stuff for that. So anyway, <clears throat> if you listened last time. You know that the party has been exploring the Garlstone Mines, and uh, they returned to the mines last episode with uh, a few new meat shields in tow. Farley and Barley, the dim-witted farmer brothers, and Kyra, um, and who is not as dim-witted. And so they encountered a variety of different creatures as they kind of are crawling closer and closer to the to the final confrontation here in the Garlstone Mines. So, uh, we just had one player out yesterday. He had uh, let me know ahead of time that he was going to miss. Therian, the uh, halfling thief, wasn't going to make it. But uh, otherwise, they were in full strength. So, um, they're really coming down to the end of it. There were just a, a couple things left. Basically, the inner sanctum of the uh, the group of kidnappers that is in this uh, abandoned mine or thought abandoned mine. The uh, <clears throat> it was I knew ahead of time it was going to be one of their most difficult uh, encounters yet because they're they're basically facing a couple of um, you know pretty powerful evil clerics uh, one of which is six level and the party level is right around you know there's a couple that are third and mostly fourth so uh, these clerics had a lot of uh, zombie um, guards um, and there was also if you've listened to previous episodes this mysterious fighter in a horned helm that has boots of speed and uh, is quite powerful so I knew they had their work cut out for them. Um, the way it is kind of set up on the map, they have a a couple little choke points, and 
one chamber is kind of filled with zombie guardians and then another kind of smaller choke point into the main cavern. And so in the main cavern, I had the, uh, the two evil priests along with the fighter and some more zombies. And then they, they also had Sam Hayes, who's a cleric from the small town of Milbourne, uh, who had been kidnapped, kind of led them to the Garlstone mines. He was still tied up there in the main chamber. So with the first encounter, the cleric somehow failed to, to turn the zombies and, um, the, it wasn't much of a fight. The most notable thing was that one of the zombies killed Barley, uh, the, one of the henchmen, started chomping on the brains. So that put Farley and Kira into a, a tizzy. And um, the other thing that happened is Cyril the assassin uh, rolled a, a natty one on an attack. And uh, this really comes back more later but you know the arrow bounced off a stalactite or something and came back and they had to duck to avoid it i try to do things on kind of special things on crits and and fumbles uh, i don't really use a table i just kind of wing it but i do make things happen good or bad i'll get more to that in a minute but so uh the assassin had snuck ahead and looked into the other chamber and kind of saw what they were dealing with. And so they knew they had to try to kind of come up with a quick plan. Now, my party amongst some of their other gear have, have some unusual items. Um, the assassin is, as I've mentioned before, is really into poisons and, um, well, that's basically his hobby, his poisons. So he has nature skills and um, he's always looking, you know, wherever they go, whether it's above or underground, is always foraging and looking for different, you know, herbs and strange plants and whatever else that he can utilize. <laughs> I... Uh, I found this PDF for free that was, uh, I think it's called like Plants and Fungi of the Realms. I think it was on like DM's Guild. So I was looking for, I have another thing from New Big Dragon Games. It's more just a kind of a random poison table. But I was looking for some other ideas to throw into the game for this guy. For just him to occasionally find something that's not always going to be, you know, a type A or type B poison. But just, you know, oddities and little things that have um, sometimes good, sometimes bad properties and, and stuff like that, just for a little flavor in the game. And one thing that he had found is this uh, this fungus that uh, when it's burnt, um, it's not toxic, but it, it smokes a lot. So it makes this, you know, huge, you know, way more smoke than you would think it would make and can, you know, conceivably be used. Um, if you want to kind of have a smoke bomb or that sort of thing. So he uh, recalled having that. So the thought was maybe, you know, smoking them out in this cavern and maybe leading them to the choke point or something like that. The party also, the, the wizard has something else that's really strange. Like uh, 
I don't run a totally gonzo game, but I don't mind interjecting something weird every once in a while or just something that just doesn't seem to fit um, just for fun. And um, so I, I'm a big fan of Tim Shorts. He's on uh, Anchor uh, Gothridge Manor podcast. Big fan of uh, his The Manor um, zines. And there was one of them, it's one of the later ones, I can't remember if it's maybe six, seven, or eight, one of those, but um, it wasn't actually his adventure, but someone else had written an adventure in there that was very much a uh, kind of gonzo, sci-fi sort of thing. There's a cave that um, was inhabited by these maybe aliens or alien-like creatures, insect sort of creatures, you know, years and years ago, and it's kind of the remnants of stuff that they left there, and one really odd thing that a, uh, a magic user can find is this kind of plate or disc or tile, strange kind of alien tile that can be used to command these dead beetle husks. And you can kind of use them to, you know, they might, might scout ahead or you could just kind of send things like, like a remote control car or something ahead of you. And uh, when killed, they release kind of a stinking cloud sort of effect. So these have really come in handy, and they're they're a strange, you know, bizarre thing to have in the game. And it's the only kind of element that's been been there like that. It's like, okay, remember that time we were in the alien cave? Um, but anyway, um, Fenric the mage decided that they would light this stuff on fire start smoking and let the little beetle thing walk into the to the main cavern. So that's what they do and the the it starts smoking but it's gonna kinda slowly grow and, and the rest of the party moves in. Um the uh assassin Cyril also had just a couple of arrows that he was able to put this kind of sleep poison on. Uh and this was non magical um, so it is not, uh, it doesn't matter what, what, how many hit dice, um, a creature has, <clears throat> excuse me. So the thought was to maybe try to shoot that and hit the, uh, you know, the powerful horned helm guy if possible. So that just kind of sets the stage. I've got the beetle going in that's starting to smoke. It's going to eventually start filling up the room. And the party kind of moves in, and here we go. So, it does not go well for the the PCs, especially at first. Uh, um, the first thing that happens is uh, they lose initiative, and the uh, one of the priests uh, immediately casts hold person on uh, on their fighter, the gnome Mabeldob, and so Mabel is you know immediately held. Um, the horned helm fighter goes up to Kira and just lops her head right off. She's dead right from the get-go, the, uh, the henchman. Uh, the zombies, on the other hand, get turned, so that's a good thing. So they're running, across, you know, scrambling back away from the PCs. And then Cyril, the assassin, decides to try to use his sleep arrow Unfortunately, he rolls his second natural one in a row, in a row. You know, he had rolled one in the pre previous cavern that I didn't have any, you know, do anything 
major except bounce around and, and, and miss the party. In this case, with it being two natural ones in a row, I have the the arrow bounce around much like a pinball machine, you know, bong, 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 bong picturing the party's heads tilting left to look at it, tilting right, tilting left, tilting right, and the arrow bounce right back, hitting, hitting Cyril himself in the chest and basically putting himself to sleep. So it's just the kind of thing that's just fun to have happen as it comes up in play. And, you know, it's not like he was mad or upset about it. It was the perfect thing because everybody groaned when they saw the, the natty one anyway. So I like to throw things like, you know, if they, if they hit a natural 20, a lot of the time something really great happens, but it was just fitting that, He's got this special arrow, and he's getting ready to use it, but again, with a, another natural one, and it bounces right back into his chest. So here's where Fenric, the mage, really shone. He cast a Stinking Cloud, was able to catch the one of the clerics and the, the fighter, the Hornhelm fighter, in the cloud. And this is an extremely effective spell um, in first edition. I'd have to look at it in other editions to see exactly how it, uh, I don't know from memory how it works there, but even if someone passes their saving throw, they're basically helpless for a round. And uh, helpless is no good for uh, for anybody. Um, the cleric passed the saving throw, but the Hornhelm fighter did not. So all of the threat that, uh, that he posed is completely gone as he's coughing and wheezing and and the helpless in the stinking cloud this kind of changed my strategy because i was having the the really powerful priestess uh, hang back but she was going to have to come forward now and so she kind of let had these boots of levitation and levitated forward and was forced to uh dispel magic on the stinking cloud um Dispel Magic is kind of an interesting spell in first edition because there's a, a chance it won't work. There's a base 50% chance and then uh, that it'll work, and then you add 5% per level that the person casting Dispel Magic has on the other on the pre, on the caster of the actual spell that's being dispelled. Um, but um, both of my rolls were good, so that got rid of the cloud, but not before. They had had, uh, you know, a round and a half or whatever of, of just wailing on the cleric and the, the uh, fighter. So um, with that done, um, the priestess stepped forward and I knew Moshi would hate this. So ordered Moshi to bow you know, with a command. So Moshi, against her will, is down there bowing to this thing, the absolute last thing that, that Moshi would want to do. And after the cleric and Hornhelm fighter had basically been just, you know, stabbed as they were helpless, um, I, I knew I was going to have to have this priestess flee, try to play her, play her as she would. She's very intelligent and smart, so she's not going to just stand around and let whatever, five or six people just surround her and wail on her. So um, she decided to get out of there. Um, she was going to get out of there anyway, but then Xanril the cleric 
commanded her to flee. Another interesting spell, command. Um, you know, it's this whole one word thing, and it gives some examples of how it works. But uh, what's interesting about it is the the saving throw mechanism, and in, in first edition at least, um, I didn't realize that there's no. You know, sometimes you have to refresh your memory by looking at something. I haven't cast it in a while, I guess, but um, there's no saving throw at all until you're six. You know, six level or or have a you know thirteen and or have a 13 um, or higher intelligence. Actually, I think it's both. You have to have a 13 intelligence and be six hit dies to to even be able to resist it. Otherwise, it's just an auto fail. So uh, the, the priestess was six levels, so she did get a save, but she failed it. So she ends up fleeing, which is really what I wanted her to do anyway. But because of that beetle thing they've got going with the smoking room, you know, they didn't see her as she fled into the smoke. And the back of the Garlstone Mines chamber actually has kind of like a hidden passage. So the priestess grabbed Sam Hayes, the the cleric that they've been trying to rescue, and, and made it out of the passage. Once the cloud eventually dissipated, the party could see that uh, she was gone. So they're kind of building up a lot of uh, enemies that have fled. They had another um, evil cleric when they were at the uh, the Broken Spire Keep that got away. And now they've got this one from the Garlstone Mines that got away, uh, both of which escaped into the tunnels under the Heronshire. Um, so at some point it's going to, you know, it's going to come to a, a head, but it wasn't for tonight. So they were really, you know, one hold person spell by the clerics or away from a total party wipe, to be honest. But that's one of the great things I think about um, D&D or one of the great moments of D&D when you have these combats where it's this back and forth and this tension builds and it's really just one false move or one die roll away from victory or defeat. And I love it when that happens because in a game that's not really designed around balance like they are you know, like it is nowadays um it's just beautiful when it all kind of through all these random roles random cho you know, player choices whatever that it all that it all comes down to that one love you know moment of truth i love when that happens um so well the party was definitely happy because this ended up being a huge uh kind of payday for them um, after several, you know, sessions of just fighting different creatures that didn't really have any treasure, so to speak of, uh, they really hit the mother load here with, um, the fighter alone had, you know, magical splint mail, um, boots of speed, plus two bastard sword, plus one long bow, uh, even had a plus two dagger in his, in his boot. Um, the, the cleric that they killed had a robe of useful items, which is a killer item. I love the idea. You just pull a sail, you know, a little rowboat out of your pocket. Um, that's a really cool item. If you've never used a robe of useful, useful items in your game, that's a cool one. That's not really game breaking or anything like that. You can throw into your game. 
just because it's so ridiculous, um, you know, pulling a war dog out of, out of your pocket or a 24 foot ladder, that sort of thing. So that's a really cool item, uh, that the, one of the clerics had on them. So, um, I was trying to think of it. There's, it was mainly other just weapons and stuff like that, a clerical spell and, uh, but it was a lot, and as I give uh, XP for, you know, magic items as per the DMG, I know they're going to have a, a big boost, um, and some of them, the ones that, the guys that are third level will probably hit fourth at this point, uh, given the amount of XP they're going to get. I haven't actually tallied it or anything, but, so this felt good, uh, um, Especially having not played in a little while, it was just good to get everybody together, and it was a, a good combat where they, they had to use some strategy, and there was some tension and real possibility of, of, of death, um, and I think everybody had a good time. It was also nice to kind of turn the page on the Garlstone Mines that's kind of dominated the last few sessions, and uh, so now the party is aware that there were multiple groups of kidnappers working using this tunnel cave network underneath uh, Heronshire. Um, it gave them hope that Jelheneth, uh, the the kidnapped mage from so far back, uh, that she might be alive, given that uh, Sam Hayes was as well. As far as the henchmen, though, their story ends here because uh, both uh, Barley and, uh, and Cairo were killed. Farley, I'm not even going to dignify it with a morale check for him he's done he's going back to the farm uh, a broken man um uh, the party will of course take the bodies back to have them buried and we'll see how that all goes but uh yeah he's uh, his adventuring career is done almost as quickly as it started watching his friends be torn apart by zombies or have their heads lopped off by uh by evil kidnappers so well, I think that kind of recaps what happened this last time. Um, if you're listening to these, I appreciate you, you checking it out. You know, sometimes for me, I'll be honest, I'm not telling you, this might be self-defeating to say, you know, I'm not a big myself on listening to or reading through a lot of session recaps. I, I think that uh, it's Rob C. from the Down in a Heap podcast sound, said something that is really funny to me and I've quoted more than once I think at this point but you know he said he was talking about backstories and he said hey you know no one really wants to hear about your character it's like hearing about somebody's fantasy football team (laughs) and I thought that was funny but I hope this doesn't seem that way but I get it if it does you know for me I think that when I'm listening or reading recaps the ones that I particularly pay attention to is if it's an adventure that I want to run or if it's an adventure that I have run, I actually really like that. Even though it's something I already kind of know what's going to happen. I like to hear how someone else did it. Um, but then also depending on who the GM is and depending on their perspective and if they mix some, if it's not so dry as, you know, Bilbo went here, or Bilbo picked this up, but you know, if there's a little, I try to put a little flavor in there, a little, GM tips, a little, you know, stuff that I experienced to make it, uh, more interesting, you know, just something that I would listen to. So anyway, I don't know how self, like I said, I don't know how self-defeating that was to say, but 
Uh, for those of you that are listening along, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, definitely interested uh, if anyone ever wants to call in on the Anchor app if you've run the night below or um, had any experiences with it. Or if you've had just any experiences similar to what I talk about in here and want to comment on it, like if you use crit tables, if you, um, you know, anything about different spell use, stuff like that, for example, I'd love to hear it. Or you can email me at frothsoft, frothsof, at gmail.com. We can link up on Twitter. I'm frothsoft on Twitter. You can also check out my blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. And I think that's all I've got for you. Uh, next thing you'll be hearing from me is uh, Wednesday, the new Hump Day Blogorama. So I hope you check that out. I'm also working on my monthly backing and buying cast. Uh, that's where I'm talking about different Patreons I'm looking at, Kickstarters, stuff I bought over the last month. This should be a good one. I'm still kind of gathering my thoughts on it, but with the uh, Kickstarter Zine Quest thing going on, I did back several of those, and I also backed more Patreons this month than I would have expected, but uh, ran across a lot of awesome stuff and uh, kind of, you know, reasonable um, reasonable rates of backing things where, you know, a couple bucks here, three bucks there, where it was worth it to me to back uh, some of the people that are doing awesome stuff. So um, that should be out before the end of the month, but I'm still putting it together. Otherwise, I hope you have a great rest of the weekend, and I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening.